Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to another episode of Blitzcast. This is your host, Brendan Bolin. Join alongside my partner, Ed Hunt. How you doing today, Ed? Pretty good, Brendan. How are you doing? I'm doing good, my man. I'm excited to get this going as always. And you know, we're coming off of a very, very exciting week. Uh, we just finished the trade deadline the other day. You know, we're, we're at that mid-season point of the NFL season. So we're kind of really starting to see what teams are, their identities. But at the same time, there's still a few teams that we don't know if they're legit or not. I mean, for example, the Bengals just got beat by the Jets. Last week, we were talking about how the Bengals could potentially be you know, one of the best teams in the AFC. And, you know, they get they get knocked off by Mike White, who said he wants to break Peyton Manning's record today. So it's, it's been an interesting week eight, you know. It's been awesome. Uh, there's There was some, some great matchups. The Packers finally knocked off the not undefeated Cardinals anymore, finally giving them their first loss. And there, there's been some big stories. But one of the biggest ones that I wanted to get to for this trade deadline, Ed, was Vaughn Miller of the Denver Broncos being traded. Vaughn has been on the Broncos for about 10 years, and, you know, he's, he's going down as one of the greatest Broncos of all time. And I know living in Denver, we have seen this is hurting a lot of Denver fans. But I will say, I understand it from, from both teams' perspectives. I get it. It hurts. You know, I still love Denver. It, it hurts to see, but at the same time, I really understand this move. Ed, how do you? What do you think about Von Miller heading to the Los Angeles Rams? I, if, if I'm the Broncos, I, I don't. I don't make this move. I, I try to keep Von Miller for a few more years. I think he's a fan favorite in Denver. I think he's a big part of their defense. I mean, if I if I look at this, you know, if I kind of play devil's advocate, you know, I, I kind of think of Belichick and how you know he had a lot of superstars that like once they kind of you know, got over the hump and that, you know, not the hump, but the, you know, it sort of, sort of, it's a graph of their career and they sort of peak. And when they're kind of like past that peak and they're starting to kind of be on the downswing, um, that was always when he traded guys. And I think this is what, you know, George Patton is doing here is saying, Hey, he's kind of past his prime. Let's get some young blood on this team. You're, you're not wrong at all, Ed. You're not wrong. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's been injured for the last couple of weeks and, he just he has not been the same player that he's been, you know, like at one point in time he was the best edge rusher in professional football. And we kind of just reached a point in his career where, you know, if you can't if you can't consistently have faith in Bradley Chubb to be on that opposite side to take away some attention from Vaughn, he's simply not gonna be that same player anymore. It's just it's not it's not gonna happen. It just it happens with age. Vaughn's Vaughn's in his thirties, mid thirties, and uh, it's it's hard to stay dominant for that long. But that is not to say he cannot and will not be a very impactful player for the Rams. From a business standpoint, this makes a whole lot of sense to me. But from um, like you were saying, he's a fan favorite in all of this, and it is it's just really hard to let somebody like that go, especially so you know kind of out of nowhere. Um, I think there was speculation that he was you know likely going to be gone at the end of the season. But there was not really an opportunity for a sweet goodbye for Denver fans, and that's got to really sting. The way I look at it is you are sacrificing half of a season without Von Miller for a second and a third round draft pick. And to me, right now, if I'm Denver, that is a that is a trade I'm taking 11 times out of 10. And it's not even because like I'm I'm eager to get Von Miller out of here. You know, obviously you're always gonna want a guy like Von Miller on your football team, but Denver knows. 
they don't have a chance to win anything this year. It's obvious. The AFC West is too good. The AFC is too good. They have too many. They, they're just, they ha- don't have it figured it out yet. And so I can understand, you know, saying, hey, we're paying this guy quite a bit of money. Um, we're not going anywhere with him. Um, he's not going to be on our team next year, likely. So why not try to give give this guy that's given our organization his all uh, an opportunity to go to a legitimate contender in the Rams, give him a chance to, you know, get a, another Super Bowl ring, which he very much deserves more than a lot of players in the league. And at the same time, you get a second and a third rounder in return. So from a business standpoint, it really does make a whole lot of sense to me. But at the end of the day, it, it really does, it stings. I, I think Miller will find a much larger amount of success in Los Angeles, though, um, simply because, you know, that's that's now probably the best defensive line in football, Ed. I mean, do do you think there's another defensive line that now competes with the Rams? I mean, no, no, no shot that there's any defensive line that even comes close. Got, <laughs> l- listen to the names on this offensive line or this defensive line. You've got Donald Miller, no, Aaron Donald. I'm sorry, Von Miller. Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson. That is, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, even the other guys are high pedigree guys too. I mean, it's not like you know, it's just like who do you block? You know what I mean? If you're right? an offensive line, it's like you got a hat on a hat, and it's like I, I just, I, I think the Rams now with this trade have made themselves the team to beat in the NFL. This is the Super Bowl favorites for me right now. The Rams. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And man, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm shaking in my boots, dude. I'm, I'm not sleeping anymore <laughs> knowing that I, I have to go up against these guys. But, and like you said, Ed, this is the team to beat. Look at everything the Rams have done this season to, to put themselves in a situation to win. They went, traded all of their picks this offseason for Matt Stafford, which has proven to be incredibly good decision, which Matt Stafford has turned Cooper Cup into the best receiver in the NFL this year. And you know, nobody saw that coming. I mean, we all knew Matt Stafford was going to be awesome, but nobody saw that offense, be, you know, rising to that level. And then and then you go out and get Vaughn Miller. The past couple of years, you brought in Jalen Ramsey. Like, the Rams know. The Rams know that they are in a position to win right now. They were in, like, don't forget, they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So this is a team that, that they know what they're doing. They've been in the situations before. They now have Vaughn Miller, a Super Bowl MVP, Aaron Donald, a guy that, you know, honestly has it should have been league MVP at one point, but we know how much the league doesn't like defensive players. No defensive players ever getting MVP, but man, Aaron Donald, that's that's all pro favorite every single year, three-time defensive player of the year. I mean, I don't see a team that matches up against this. And I get it, Miller has had his injury issues and he has not been as dominant, but like I was saying, Go look at when Von Miller was at his peak, like recently. It was when Bradley Chubb was on the other side of him. It's just so hard to stay so dominant, especially at that age, when you're the only one on the line doing it. I get Denver had Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris is a gap stuffer. He's not a guy that's going to go pressure the quarterback and stuff like that. He's stopping the run. He's batting down passes. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, eat up a lot of the, you know, double teams and take away attention from Vaughn. Aaron Donald's a guy that will do that. Aaron Donald's a guy that gets triple teamed. There's very few players in the NFL that get triple teamed, and Aaron Donald's one of them. If, if I'm if I'm the Cardinals or something like that, and you tell me, you know, 
go walk. I mean, like, who who do you... Because like you said, Aaron Donald and Von Miller are the big names, but Floyd is no slouch. Like, they, they have a lot of playmakers on this team that not are necessarily the biggest names. So, Ed, 100,000% the Rams are the team to beat right now. I have never, ever seen a team, you know, go out and make and trade away as many draft picks as the Los Angeles Rams have. They have they, they don't have anything left. They just gave up all of their first rounders for Matt Stafford, gave up a second and a third for Vaughn. If this team does not win within the next two years, this will be one of the biggest disappointments in the history of football. And I respect it. I respect going all out. But you are not planning for the future right now. Do you think that this could this could potentially hurt the Rams in years to come? I don't necessarily think that, like, you know, the Rams' future is over, necessarily. I mean, I think they have a lot of, you know, win-now talent. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, the, eventually in a few years, I mean, you know, in two or three years, they're going to get, they're going to start getting their picks back. So, um, you know, I, I think it'd be very hard to rebuild. But they're, I mean, they're not starting from the bottom anymore. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, on paper, they're the best team in the league. I mean, there's no, there's no reason they shouldn't win games. Um, and they have a great coach. Um, so there's, the, I mean, I, I think this is, this is a smart move. Even, even if they don't win, I think, you know, you're in that new stadium, you're in a new place and I think you're going to build a following. And I think that's really what they're going to do. And they're going to, they're going to build some excitement around this team. So I, I actually think this is really smart by the Rams, and yeah, I mean they, they they probably won't accumulate a lot of picks, but I think right now their their job is really just to kind of hold on to talent. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point, Ed, and um, I I agree. I think this was a very smart decision. It's just it's smart, but at the same time, you have to be risky smart in the NFL. If you don't take some chances, you'll never get anywhere. And you know, saying I have enough faith in my coaching staff right now, I have enough faith in the current roster I have built around these guys that I'm bringing in to legitimately win a Super Bowl, I, you know, it's 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 very evident that they know that they are the best team in football. And to go out and bolster, you know, what many would have considered already the best defensive line in football, it's that's that's really proven that for you. So absolutely, the Rams are the team to beat. Denver, it it's it's really it really hurts to see him go from Denver, but at the end of the day. I'm on page with both teams, and I respect, I really, really respect the fact that Denver, because uh, I, I really think that there was more than one team calling about Vaughn Miller. There was a lot of teams interested in him in this previous offseason, so sending him to a team that has a legitimate chance to compete and give him an opportunity for a Super Bowl ring really makes me appreciate the fact that if they shipped Vaughn off anywhere, it was the Rams, but Ed... You know, th- that was probably one of the biggest, you know, if not the biggest move this um this trade deadline. It was it was kind of a slow one this year. There was no other real big moves. You know, there was Zach Ertz and and Melvin Ingram getting traded around, but no no other trade is the big news this week. The big news coming out of uh Tennessee, Derrick Henry is likely out for the entire season. This hurts, and I am sorry Tennessee fans that are tuning into this. I know how worried you guys are going to be. This this is a very, very big hit for the Titans, and it completely changes the script for the rest of their season, at least in my opinion. Ed, how do you see the loss of Derrick Henry affecting the Tennessee Titans? Well, I think they're putting the ball in Ryan Tannehill's you know, hands, and they're saying, you know, you got to win games with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. So um, this is going to be a much more passing team. 
I, w- I would say uh, this puts this puts Tennessee a little bit behind the eight ball. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that you know, you've got you've got Tennessee, Tennessee who is you know running, running and running, running the ball. You know, usually, and I mean, dominating with the run, and then they you know they can open it up with the pass, and it, the the job is much easier for Tannehill. Now this is an opportunity to see what kind of quarterback Tannehill is. Absolutely, Ed. I think that that you could that last sentence was on the money. You know, we've seen how good Tannehill has been the last couple years since coming into Tennessee, but he's been he's had Derrick Henry with him the entire time. This right now will prove if if Tannehill is you know a legitimate quarterback or if this offense has been so run reliant. And I I also just it's it's really going to like it's going to completely change the identity of this offense. It's not going to be the same Tennessee Titans. I have this crazy stat for you, Ed. You know, obviously we all know Derrick Henry led the league in carries, but he has almost 100 more carries than Joe Mixon, who is third in the league in carries. So he almost has third place gapped by 100 in whole carry. That's that is like that could be like four games, you know. That's like that just proves how much of the workload goes to Derrick Henry. There is not a player in the NFL that gets a higher workload at at you know at the running back, receiver, tight end position. There is not a skill position player that gets a higher workload than Derrick Henry. And you know, you brought in Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time, Adrian Peterson, but you know, this is not 2012 Adrian Peterson. This is 2021 Adrian Peterson. So He's not a guy that's going to, you know, be able to get the ball even 25 times a game. He's just, with age comes with restrictions. So I, I think, you you know, you're going to have to completely change how you utilize a run game. The run game was used to open everything up. Now you almost have to kind of flip it. You have to do the pass game to open up run lanes for, uh, for Adrian Peterson. And that's not how you want to do it in the NFL. It's a lot harder to do it that way. And um, I don't... I don't see Adrian Peterson, you know, being, you know, any slouch or anything like that. I think it's a good addition. You don't have many better options. I would have maybe liked to see them go out and do a trade before the trade deadline. But, you know, if you're getting Derrick Henry back, you don't necessarily want to waste draft picks on a guy you'll have for half of a season. But um, the addition of of Adrian Peterson, you know, it, it makes sense. It was the right move, but he's not going to... He's not going to get you 100 yards a game. I really, truly don't think Adrian Peterson will have a 100-yard rushing game for the Titans um, because we've we seen Derrick Henry. That, that offensive line's not that good in the run game. They're really not. Um, Derrick Henry, quarters one through three, a majority of the time, averages like three yards a carry. And then because his workload is so heavy, he just breaks a defense down come fourth quarter. And, you know, he's, his meter's still at 100 while the defense is running on E. This team is going to have to fight through four quarters now. There is no, you know, giving Derrick Henry the ball 40 times, just absolutely beating them into the dirt and exhausting them, and finally letting your offense take over. You have to take over from the start now. Like, you have to come out swinging. And that's just not something the Titans have done ever since Derrick Henry's been on the roster. So I think this is going to be a big challenge for this Tennessee Titans football team. Uh, You mentioned... Adrian Peterson, um, I, I think I think it's a little bit. I, I think Adrian Peterson should just 
kind of walk away from the game. I, know, I mean, for him to come back at this age, I mean, he's he's proving something, which is that he's he's an athlete beyond an athlete, right? Like he, I mean, the fact that he can play at this age, the way he came back from his ACL, I mean, the career he had, I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer. I mean, uh, at some point it's like, you know, you, you got to retire somewhere on some beach, you know? And I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Ed, because, you know, if Adrian Peterson... You know, you hear the name Adrian Peterson. We think of one of the greatest running backs of all time. But I have a feeling that, you know, his past has kind of given him, you know, the the roadway to, you know, being that emergency running back in for this type of situation, you know. I honestly thought at the beginning of the year when, when the uh, Rams lost Cam Akers, I truly thought they were going to go out and get Adrian Peterson. Um I heard good things about his workouts this this uh, off season. You know, a lot of people that were working out with him said he looked young, he looked good. But at the same time, you know, they're not gonna go out there and say, "Oh, Adrian Peterson looks old as dirt." You know, they're they're not gonna say that. So, I really think his past is the only reason why he's getting an opportunity. Because like, obviously, if you look at what he did the last few years, when he was in the league, like with the Lions and stuff, there was probably better options for you to get. There probably was. I, I don't want to, you know, like discredit AP in age, in any way, but um, there was likely better options. I will say, though, um, it was probably one of the cheapest options you could get and to, you know, at least get that veteran presence, a guy that, you know, you in, in very situational football type stuff, you can rely on him to take care of the football. And, you know, he's just he brings he brings a very, very good presence that you'd want in that locker room, you know. He's, he's played a lot of football, Ed. He's played a lot of football. So um, I agree, you know, there is a point in time where, you know, go relax, man. Go 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 retire on the beach. Go enjoy your life a little bit. But, hey, I guess Adrian Peterson's a guy that just can't can't get away from his love for the game. So I respect his uh, – I respect it coming back, and I, I understand where the Titans are coming from signing him. But at the same time, I might have seen better options. Okay, Ed, can I, let me pitch this idea to you. Let me – I like I just I just said if I'm the Titans I don't necessarily want to go out and you know trade for uh, a running back that's you know um, but Melvin Gordon I believe is on is on only a two year contract with Denver so at the end of the season his contract's expired I believe to get Mel I know that a lot of teams were interested in Melvin Gordon if you're the Titans would you have made the trade for you know say say a third or fourth third and something around there to get Melvin Gordon for half of a season would you have made that trade Ed to be honest no I mean (laughs) you know I think if you're the Titans I think you have the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball I mean if I'm the Titans and I'm going to make a trade I'm going to look on the defensive side of the ball yeah I, I totally get where you're coming from so you you would like to see the Titans um you know, they, they got a lot of money invested in that wide receiver room. You'd like to see them put that to use and prove that they could win some football games. And, you know, I agree with you, Ed. You you have Julio Jones, who's one of the greatest possible. You can make an argument he's the best receiver of my lifetime. A.J. Brown, who's one of the best young receivers in football. So um, there's a point in time where you, you have to be able to win in different games if you want to be a legitimate competitor in this league. Ed, I wanted to get one more opinion on this situation. What does this do for the rest of the season? You know, I, in my opinion, I don't think they have Super Bowl aspirations anymore. Those lied on the on the legs of Derrick Henry. I 
I think they have an opportunity to sneak into a wild card. But, you know, does this even does this give an opportunity for the Colts to potentially come in and take the division title? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, this is Ryan Tannehill's chance to prove himself. I legitimately believe in this passing offense. I believe in A.J. Brown. I believe in Julio Jones. I believe that this can be a good team. Um, you know, maybe without Derrick Henry, I don't know if I'm going to say they're a Super Bowl team, but I think this is a legitimate playoff team, and I think this is a team that can win a game in the playoffs. All right, I respect that, Ed. I respect that, and I agree with you. I would love to see that passing game work it out. I really would. You know, I Ed, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to transition over. We're now, we're now hitting, uh, coming out of week eight. Unbelievable. It's halfway through the season already. I mean, it, it almost makes me sad because it makes me realize. The season is halfway over. You know, at least we still got the playoffs and everything and after that. We got the bonus but week too. Exactly. Hey, true that. I didn't even think about that. So we're tech somewhat halfway through the halfway through the year. So, but it's it's just flying by, and I think that means that it's been a great season. But Ed, there has been a lot of really good football players this year. A lot of players that have kind of came out of nowhere and made a name for themselves as some of the best in the league. And you and I have came up with our. Um, all pro NFL team right now. Ed, I want you to start off. Give me give me your all pro offense for for 2021. Okay, well, I mean the first position I have to announce is the quarterback, right? He's the signal caller. He's, you know, probably the most important player. And uh for this all-star offense, I'm going to put Tom Brady. Um Tom Brady, you know, this year, you know, I mean we could talk about the past, but this year he's having a great statistical season. You know, he's he's at an insane age to be doing this, you know, so the TB12 method is working. I mean, you can't deny what he's doing from a statistical perspective. You can't deny how he's winning games for the Bucks. So I, I consider Tom Brady, I mean, if, if, if I want to make an all-star team, an all-star starter, you know, if we do this like baseball, right, and there's a mid-season all-star team, Tom Brady is on that all-star team and he's playing quarterback. Ed, I like that pick. I gotta be honest. I thought you would go in a little bit of a different direction. Maybe go with one of the uh, you know young guns that are on fire, like Kyler Murray. I love this answer, though, Ed. I really do, and I think a lot of people are kind of straying away, kind of you know looking at the shiny new toys with Kyler Murray and stuff. But Tom Brady is—he's really playing some of the best football of his life right now, at least statistically. It's actually crazy. I mean, like twenty-five touchdowns and five picks. 2,600 yards and a, and a 67 completion percent, That it's money, man. It's money. And the Buccaneers, they're still finding success, and he's had a lot of his weapons injured this year. So, Ed, I love that pick. I really do. So we'll go to running back. I think this pick might kind of surprise you a little bit. Um, I actually went with Aaron Jones. and Oh! Yeah, and I, and I know that surprises people. I, I, I wanted to use – I would have used Derrick Henry here – but he's on IR, so I figure, you know, if we're having an all-star game midseason and, you know, Derrick Henry is, you know, on IR, he's probably not he's probably not showing up. So I I decided to go with Aaron Jones. It's just the thing about Aaron Jones is that you can use him out of the backfield. You can have him pass block and he can run the ball for you. I think he's uh I think I think he's been pretty consistent over the years, and I think he's really supported uh, Aaron Rodgers and I, I you know I, I think I think Aaron Rodgers has been great but he's also had a good supporting cast around him no I agree and Ed I 
You know, if if we're not counting Derrick Henry in this, I like I like Aaron Jones because he when I watch him play, I notice that he has one of the most versatile skill sets when it comes to just running the ball. He is so fast and shifty, but at the same time, we saw it last week against the Cardinals. If he has to run through you, he's going to do it. And he was a big part of that win last week where he had that goal line touchdown where he absolutely plowed through all of those Cardinals defenders. So um, absolutely, a guy that you, if you have to, you can line him up at wide. Um, great pass blocker. I, I like this pick if we're not counting Derrick Henry, Ed. So I'll go to my receivers, and I'll tell you how I'll put them all in a package. So one of them is Devontae Adams, who'd be my ex. Um, and, and, I mean, he's the, he's the highest-graded receiver on Pro Football Focus. You know, he, he, he deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he is the he is the main receiver in that Packers offense. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. He kind of he kind of was overshadowed by some guys, and now I think at this point in the league he's number one. Uh, my Z would probably be Cooper Cup. Um, he's big. He's not necessarily fast. He ran a four six when he came out, but he knows how to win matchups, and he's really proven himself coming out of Eastern Washington. And my third is I'd actually put Tyreek Hill in the slot. Um, I think he's he deserves a lot of success. You know, a lot of Mahomes success. He's not the best character guy, but he's a guy who can really produce on the field. And, I mean, he you can see how he, he's really contributed to a lot of games. He's got the experience, so so Tyreek Hill. So I got Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and Tyreek Hill. You know, Ed, I I can't argue against it. I'm, I'm a fan of your list so far, and um, I think we both can agree Cooper Cup is by far the biggest surprise on that list. I mean, the dude is literally on pace to break the all-time receiving uh record and for a single season so um if cooper cup can do that i would be absolutely mind blown and this would come down as one of the biggest surprise seasons for me at least ever watching football nobody in their right mind would have predicted that cooper cup would be the best receiver in football this season at least statistically the dude is seriously on pace to be just under under 2,000 yards receiving and 20 touchdowns. The the guy is on pace for an immaculate season. And like uh, obviously Devontae Adams is if you just watch the games, you can tell this guy is still the best receiver in football and I agree with you on the Tyreek Hill part. I've argued um ever since Mahomes' success has started that you honestly need to give Tyreek Hill and that Travis Kelsey that duo a, like a series like almost a majority of the credit because Tyreek Hill just gives that de- or spreads defenses out so much that he he opens up everything for you he opens up everything for you and I don't know if you said this but like like even when he's not touching the ball he's effective for your football team as a receiver so um I like those picks once again Ed my tight end uh you know going with with Tyreek Hill is uh Travis Kelsey still a star in this league he's a game changer in the passing game you know I just I can't argue against Travis Kelsey at this point Oh, absolutely. I mean, he is he is the best tight end in football. Um, obviously, George Kittle's been on IR for, for quite some time now, and that's probably the only guy that had a chance to, you know, put up a fight against against Travis Kelsey. But, you know, there's guys like, you know, Darren Waller, very, very, very good, but there's still a tier below Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. And, you know, since Travis Kelsey's been the only one playing, and he's been playing at a high level, even, even with the Chiefs' struggles, he's been playing at a high level. So, um, I'll I'll have to agree with you on this one as well, Ed. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to announce the offensive line altogether. So I got left tackle Trent Williams, left guard Joel Batonio, center Jason Kelsey, 
right guard Zach Martin, and right tackle Ryan Ramchek. I will have to say I love your pick with Joel Betonio. <laughs> yeah. I love the Browns' love. But, no, I, I agree with you, man. There's been a lot of linemen that have – all of these guys have kind of been guys that have proven themselves throughout the years. So they last year they could have uh, been in contention for All-Pro, and this year they're, they're right back at it. So every one of those guys you've named are veteran stars, and I, I can't disagree with anyone again, Ed. I, I will say I was a big fan of that list. I really was. I, I want to see what you think of mine. Um, and, Ed – if you disagree with me, man, let me know it. I want, I want you, I want to hear your opinion. Okay, let's do it. So I want to, I want to, I want to go. Uh, I want to start with my secondary and work my way to the defensive line because I love my trench boys. So I'm going to finish with them. Okay. Um, starting off, I'm going to go with strong safety, and I have to go with Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer is a guy that kind of, kind of was struggling to find his place in the league early on. Eventually, got his spot with the Bills and every single year has consistently gotten better and as of right now he is the number one um number one highest uh, coverage grade in the nfl um regardless of safety cornerback he's number one and he he's a very big part of why this bill's defense has been dominant the last few years and he is the best player on the buffalo bills defense right now you know you can't argue with the bill's success um you know, not another name is coming up for me that would that would easily replace him. I was kind of surprised at the name Jordan Poyer. Um, it isn't it isn't one of those huge brand names, but you know sometimes those huge brand names aren't always the best players. No, I agree. The only other guy that I was taking into consideration was Buda Baker. Um, the only reason I did not put Buda Baker in there, it, it was really hard for me not to, but just seeing the improvement Jordan Poyer has made in his own game. And, you know, having the single highest coverage grade in football, uh, it just, it really goes to show how hard of a worker this guy is and how much he truly cares about his football craft. And um, seeing that work and, you know, offseason work translate to this season has proven to me that right now he is the best strong safety in football. And um, moving on to free safety, this one I was torn. I was really torn between two. And I was torn between Kevin Byrid and Justin Simmons. And I... You know, I had to lean towards Kevin Byrid um, simply just because he is he's he's second in the league in co- in coverage grade, and Tennessee's defense is not good, and he is still you know he's one of the only people that are finding success on that entire defense. He's not getting help elsewhere, um, you know, and, and and the reason I chose him over Justin Simmons, Justin Simmons has been awesome this year. But there has been a few plays that I can, you know, even pull from the top of my head where he has been responsible for giving up a, an important touchdown. I, I just, I have not seen that from Kevin Byard this year. And I get the Titans defense as a whole struggles. But when you watch him, he is one of the only players on that team that is consistently breaking up passes, has his receivers that are running downfield blanketed. He, you know, at times he's even used to pretty, pretty much as a corner and he's effective in coverage. So Right now, I have to go with Kevin Byrd, even though that was a tough decision for me. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting that the, the safety position, I mean, there isn't really that Ed Reed. I mean, it's almost a position that really doesn't get that kind of coverage. No, I agree. I agree. And it's there's not really a guy that has fully 100,000% cemented himself as the absolute best at this position, you know, for, for even like a five-year span. Like, Ed Reed proved that he was the best of the best for a very long time. You know, last year it was Justin Simmons, 
Um, but it's just there's no consistently best guy. There's a lot of really good guys, but there's nobody that everybody can just be like, oh, yep, he's, he's the best in football. Moving on to cornerback, I think everybody knows what my, uh, my first corner is going to be. It's Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I don't think I have to say anything other than he is the best cornerback in football and has been the last two to three years. I don't think it's close, honestly. The only, you know, there's there's guys like Trey White and stuff like that, but Jalen Ramsey has proven week in and week out why he is the best best cornerback in football. And not even from a, you know, from a physical standpoint. Nobody, get, he has such an old school football mentality and I love it. He does not care about relationships on opposing teams. If he doesn't like you or doesn't think you're good, he's going to let you know that. And he's going to get in your head. And we've seen that, you know, through, through the last two to three years. And I get this is only this year, but even this year, he, he has one of the highest coverage grades in football. He's one of the highest graded cornerbacks. And teams just don't test him like they used to. And there's a good reason for that. Um, he's, like I said, there's no other way to put it other than he is the best cornerback in the NFL. And I don't think it's an argument. The only thing I would say is I, I don't disagree with Jalen Ramsey. I just don't like the guy. <laughs> like, no, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, like, like if it's like if he's on my team, it's like the guy is ultra confident. He's, you know, I mean, he's a playmaker. You know, he's he's, he's got that bulldog mentality. Like, you know, I love him. But, you know, if he's not on my team, it's like, man, this guy just makes me angry. You know what I mean? I, I could not agree with you more, Ed. Like, one hundred percent. You know, you're going up against him. It's like, who who does this guy think he is? You know, like, yeah, absolutely. He like, like I said, he brings that old school dog mentality, and he really does not care if we don't like him. I think that's his goal is to get us to not like him. Um, like, and he he's done a dang good job at it. So I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Moving over to my second corner, man. Did I have a lot of hard decisions to make. So I actually, I'm going to give you two, two corners here. One is Trayvon Diggs. And I didn't want to put him on the list. I really didn't, but I knew I would be eaten alive if I didn't, because it's, it is hard to not give a guy that is on pace to break the interception record, you know, his credit. It's really hard to not do that because at, at, you know, you could have a lot of lucky interceptions, but at some point to have what, seven or eight interceptions, not all of that can be luck. He's he's a really he's done a very good job at baiting um, quarterbacks to throw balls that look open, where he just makes a great play on the ball. I mean, the, there's been times where he looks like a receiver making a play on the football. The only thing that I didn't want to put him on here is for he's on pace to give up some of the most yardage in the history of the NFL. So he's he's the definition of you know trigger happy, hit or miss, because if he's not getting the interception, he's giving up a 75 yard touchdown. So I respect the aggressiveness. I respect the ability to take the football away. But at the same time, there is that other half of him that gives up a lot of yardage. But I guess, you know, his ability to have eight turnovers or takeaways by week eight, you know, that that really helps him. But the one per somebody that I, you know, I'll have to I have to put in here is Casey Hayward. I have to put Casey Hayward in here as well because, you know, didn't have that great of a season with the Raiders last year. Um, but he has, he's one of the few players in the league that has not given up, he has not given up a touchdown this year in coverage. Him and his, uh, partner, Nate Hobbs have not given up a touchdown in coverage. That's unbelievable to think about. Uh, he, Casey Hayward has had now close to 
what, 300 defensive snaps and not giving up a touchdown. And his coverage grade is um, top 15 in the league. Casey Hayward, it, you know, I get it. He's he's pretty old for a cornerback. There's no, there's no nice way to put that. He's pretty old for a cornerback, but he's playing like a young gun out there. I, I definitely agree with the Casey Hayward. Um, Trayvon Diggs, I, I, I need someone to be reliable in coverage for me. It was just, it's just so hard to not put, I, I, I put Trayvon Diggs on here last second, Ed, because uh, I knew if listeners didn't hear Trayvon, and you know, that that is a guy that is technically in the defensive player of the year racing, so it's, it's just hard, but you know, for people like us that, you know, watch the game, don't look at just stats, we understand that he has not necessarily been as good as people want to give him credit for. But moving on, moving on, I'm going to I'm going to go down to my front seven boys. I'm going to start with my um one of my outside linebacker and Ed, I think this will be the biggest surprise to you. I know the safeties were Devondre Campbell for the for the Packers. I don't think there has been a more improved player on this list. I I I really don't. He he went from like a sub 40 PFF grade to one of the highest graded outside linebackers in football within the span of a season. And if you if you just watch a you know watch a Packers game, it's not a he's not a name that's gonna be, you know, oh Devondre Campbell is, you know, this this guy is, you know, the biggest star you're gonna see. No, but if you just watch the games, you'll see one player by the ball every single play, and that's Devondre Campbell. I don't see a linebacker swarming other than the, my, this next guy that I have for you. I don't see a linebacker swarming to the football as much as Devondre Campbell. And I also, like I said, I just have to give this guy his credit for how much of a jump he made. He was a guy that probably last year should have been a second or even third string linebacker. Now is absolutely one of the best outside linebackers in football. And it's, it's, it's also due to his versatility. He's been really good in the run game, but he also you could line him up on top of an A gap, and then ki- and then have him you know pretend to blitz and then kick him outside into pass coverage. And he he's been effective at it. He's gotten a pick this year as well. So he he's seventh in the NFL in tackles and has has played almost every single defensive snap for the Packers. I I, I think this guy is a huge reason the Packers are having you know, any success on the defensive side of the ball this year, the defense really isn't that great still, but he has absolutely been the number one playmaker on that Packers defense this year. Well, I like, I like that you're, you know, you're, you're evaluating these guys on an individual basis and not just, you know, giving it to the big name. No, absolutely. I, I, that's, that's why I like to do these. There's a lot of players out there, Ed, that deserve credit that aren't getting it just because, you know, the name's not there, the market's not there that, you know, and he's, it's not like he's, you know, a highlight real guy, but he's a guy that 32 coaches are going to want on his football team, you know? So I, that's why I had to go with Devondre, Devondre Campbell. Um, next, I think this is obvious for my inside linebacker, Bobby Wagner, the guy that's been the best linebacker in the NFL for, what, the last five, six years. Um, once again, leads the entire NFL in tackles, consistently around the football. And that's what I was saying. This is the only other guy that I see swarming the football at such a consistent basis i every single seattle defense snap he is at least making an effort to you know help with a gang tackle that's why he's first in solo tackles and i believe i want to say second or third in um in assisted tackles so bobby wagner is just the definition of consistency and a leader and that's 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 why i have to put bobby wagner for my inside 
Who's your outside guy? Eric Kendricks for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, another guy that has been super, super consistent the last few years. And, um, you know, he's able to snag an interception this year. And I get it. This has not necessarily been the best of Eric Kendricks' career or of uh, season of Eric Kendricks' career, but I still don't think there's a guy that is playing at a higher level on that side than Eric Kendricks. And for what Eric Kendricks is asked to do in the pass coverage game and in the run stuffing game, there's I really don't think there's another player you could plug in and be as effective. He's just so versatile in his game, and he is. I I would argue he is the best pass coveraging line best pass coverage linebacker in football. And we know how it. Those kind of guys are kind of those are rare nowadays. Like a lot of guys are run stuffers, go and get after the quarterback. It's really hard to find a bigger. Eric Kendricks is not a small linebacker necessarily. He's he's a bigger guy, and he's playing really good in coverage. So. Just that coverage ability absolutely puts Eric Kendricks over the edge for me. And uh, so the part that excites me is uh, let's let's hear who you have up front. All right, my up front, we all know who my edge is. We all know who it's gonna be, Miles Garrett. Um, I I don't call me biased, but I I I really think that as of right now, Miles Garrett is the defensive player of the year. Vegas also agrees with me. He's just he's so good, man. I I. 44 pressures, which is number one in the NFL, leads the NFL in sacks, has the highest pass rush win rate in the NFL, and is top five in quarterback hits. What aspect of his game is he missing out on? I'll answer it for you. None. There's not an aspect of his game where he's lacking. And this year, he has implemented an entire new bag of tricks and pass rush moves. The last couple years, he was still one of the best edge rushers in football, but he had a smaller bag of tricks to his deployment. And, you know, it was it was a bull rush or a swim most of the time. He has so many moves in his bag right now. So whatever position the offensive line puts him in, he has a way to get out of it. And I, I really don't think there is a more dominant player off of the edge than Miles Garrett. It's it the, the Browns defense has been underperforming this season. And, you know, he has had, he has Clowney on the other side who has not been healthy the entire season. But he He's just he's been the heart and soul of this of this not so great defense. And as of right now, like I said, he is the defensive player of the year. Uh Ed, what do you what do you think of that? I mean, I, I'm just surprised you're not saying TJ Watt. Oh, hey, hey, don't 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 worry. Don't worry. We got another edge. Alright, I I, I want to hear I want to hear your, your opinion on DJ Watt, because I think he deserves oh, yeah. to be on this uh, on the field during this sort of ceremonial defense. I cannot disagree with you in the slightest. I 100% am on your side. And that's why I said, if Miles Garrett did not exist, TJ Watt is the defensive player of the year. He, you know, he got it kind of taken away from him last year from Aaron Donald. And TJ Watt is, is it, everything is right behind Miles Garrett. You know, he's, he's second in the NFL in forced fumbles, which is much higher than Miles Garrett. And he's second in sacks as well. Um, he also has a very, very pretty PFF grade at 89.5. He's, he's, I believe the second highest uh, graded edge rusher behind Miles Garrett. So it, it's 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 a close call, um, but I think that the sheer individual dominance is on Miles Garrett's side. But T.J. Watt, absolutely. I mean, you you could make an argument that he is the best edge rusher in football. Obviously, I'm gonna have to go with my boy Miles being a Browns fan, but I gotta give T.J. Watt his respect. He is absolutely 
the closest second to Miles Garrett, and I, it's not close. It's really not close. Miles, uh, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett are the two best edge rushers in football by a million miles. So who you got inside? In, inside, um, I have, in my eyes, the best football player in the NFL. Not the best defensive player, the best football player in the NFL, and that is Aaron Donald. From an interior lineman, he had a dis- disgusting 38 pressures. 38 pressures from the inside. To put it in perspective, Miles Garrett had 44 as an edge rusher. Aaron Donald is getting double and triple teamed and has 38 total pressures. Like I, he's the best player in the NFL. He's putting these and he's getting held every single play. I, I advise everybody listening. Go watch a Rams game and watch how often they don't call holding on Aaron Donald. It's literally called the Aaron Donald treatment for a reason now. No matter what a defense does, whether it's breaking the rules or having three guys on him, Aaron Donald's still going to find a way to make a difference. And I I only think his production's going to go up from here once Von Miller arrives. And so who's who's your other guy? We we know. And lastly, I I think Cameron Hayward is more than deserving to be like the other it. interior lineman. Cameron Hayward is playing some of the best football of his life right now. I mean, the the, the dude is aging like fine wine into his 30s. He's he's been unbelievable. He actually he has he's a higher grade than his counterpart TJ Watt. Meanwhile, TJ Watt's production is is slightly higher. That's just because he's an edge rusher. Cameron Hayward has technically been the better defensive lineman this year, and his dominance is it's it's slightly behind Donald. I mean, he actually, well, believe it or let not, me jump in on that. I, I I understand that he's a higher graded player. The thing is, is that uh, the thing with T.J. Watt is I know this from watching T.J. Watt. He he's a playmaker and he'll make a play in a key situation. So he, you know, what what makes T.J. Watt great is like he'll come up with the strip sack. He'll come up with the fumble. You know that the, the the turnovers and the strips I think are what make T.J. Watt better than Cameron Hayward. So that's what I'm gonna say. No, I, I I agree. I'm not I'm not saying T.J. Watt's not the better football player. Um, T and it, the, you know there's a reason T.J. Watt got paid. He deserved it. He gets takeaways and turnovers and makes plays at the most important time. And C- Cameron Hayward, though, you know I I don't know exactly every single last thing that goes into the grading. He he is graded higher than um than T.J. Watt, but at the same time T.J. Watt is getting much much higher respect from offensive sides of the ball. He's getting double teamed a lot more than Cameron Hayward is. You know, there, I, I really think Cameron Hay, a lot of Cameron Hayward's success is due to the fact that T.J. Watt is on the same defensive line as him. I, th- I think they both help each other, but T.J. Watt makes Cameron Hayward a much better football player. And, you know, getting from, from his position, 26 total pressures and 19 defensive stops. I mean, 26 is still an insane amount of defensive pressures, especially from an interior defensive lineman. And I, I just, and Aaron Donald and Cameron Hayward, hands down the best interior lineman in football this year. These two are wreaking havoc from the interior. So let me recap that. So imagine imagine playing offensive line and having to go against, on one side, T.J. Watt. On the other side, Miles Garrett. From the interior, you got Cam Hayward. And then... Who could forget Aaron Donald? <laughs> Good luck. Dude, Good I, might, I might have to pull luck. a Vontae Davis and retire at halftime with that one. <laughs> Good luck. 
there, there's no chance. I mean, Ed, all right, let me hear your opinion. This I got one more question for you before we wrap this up. My defense versus your offense. Are, are you getting in the end zone or not? You know, <laughs> to, to be, to, I, I don't even to, know if I can answer that question, to, man. To, to be totally honest with you, like, the guys I have are good, but, like, a great defensive line, like, beats a great offensive line. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, uh, yeah. in the trenches, I think, I think, I think it's going to be very hard to throw the ball and not get pressure. I mean, I, I just, you know, even with Tom Brady back there, uh, I, I don't, I don't know how you're getting the ball out. <laughs> you know what I mean? In time. So, no, I agree um, with you. I, I so, mean, so, so this is the one scenario where, you know, in modern football, I think the defense beats the offense. Yeah. Regardless of you have block and miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald and Cameron Hayward, they're not going to do it. It's as simple as that. But, uh, folks, I wanted to thank you so much for tuning into an episode of Blitzcast. This was a really fun episode. I, I had a great time talking about these players with you, Ed. Yeah, no, it was a great time. So, Ed, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to do this with me. It's always it's always the highlight of my week, so thank you, my friend. Yeah, great time. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Blitzcast, and you take care.